Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you? I'm very well, Dan. How are you? Good, good. Hold on. There is, um, as usual, a hmm. problem yes. with my audio here a little bit. Hmm. As yeah, usual. Always, uh, as usual. No. How's that? That's better. No, no. That's better. No. I think you're on your computer, uh, Mike. I, no, I'm, I, for you, I might be. Hold on. Oh. I can fix that for you. I can do all that for you. This, it, hmm. Hang on. Yeah, it's picking it up on that. Instead of on the one that it should. There you go. Is that better? Yeah. The thing is, it's so it's stupid. a sign. What? I just said it's just dumb. It's just really dumb. What's dumb? The, uh, Skyping the and computer. You know, I'm on. I'm on a. I'm on a different microphone. I'm not on my regular rig. I'm on the little portable microphone, and mm-hmm. it's a great mic. But if you disconnect it, oh, all forget all the settings. Forget all the settings. You're just gonna forget Ooh. all the settings. You're gonna forget it. it forget all the settings. To, Forget all the settings. You Forget know, you all said, the settings. You set the input levels and everything uh-huh. within applications. And if it's changed in Skype, then it's it's just a, it's a nightmare. And I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'll edit all this. It sounds, no, 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 no. It sounds like you want to talk about it. I don't. I really don't. You do. You want to talk about it. I don't. You do. I want it to go away. The, um, the Skype saga over the last week has been, has been a fun one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope, well, I don't wish ill upon others, but uh, I, I hope I'm not the only one who had this problem. Otherwise, it's localized to me. What was the problem? Hmm. You didn't get it? No. Uh, uh, for me and lots of other people, Skype did an update. And when that update updated, first of all, crazy keychain stuff. Oh, where it, no. <laughs> it wanted my Express VP, uh, permission for my Express VPN certificate. Which I, and I don't have ExpressVPN turned on on this computer, and then I was like, "Hmm, that's really weird." So of course I start frantically googling, thinking, "Am I hacked?" And uh, <laughs> no, lots of other people were getting it, but the, the, the thus just begins the uh, carnival of errors because um, in addition to that, call recorder disappeared. Uh-huh. Call recorder didn't work, <laughs> and there's no call recorder. You can't you, that little familiar window that I have to move every ding dang time. I open Skype was missing. Okay, all right, cool. Ecam says uh, Ecam announces guidance that <laughs> oh oh just get this three the three point zero point eight update and run that again. You should be good. I was not good, so I did not have that for a couple of days. Mm. And uh, the thing is, I, I went I went into Time Machine and I rolled back to an old version. Now the problem is, there's no way to turn off updating in Skype anymore. So, so it's just automatically going to pull the latest update in whether you want it or not. I think that's accurate. And I, I went so far as to find uh, horrible. a clever, novel, slightly insane thing a guy had done to make sure it was always running off an old DMG. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, so you could, so some, in some other words, you were running, you're, you're running Skype off of a DMG instead of on your own hard drive. And if it updates it, you just throw it away and pull the, pull it back off again or something like that. Yeah, You're doing a regular, uh, what's the guy's name? Snowden. You got <laughs> to get your Skype air gapped. Yeah. Put some, put some, uh, put some caulk right into the USB part. Right. So anyways, uh, that, that happened and that was kind of frustrating. Um, yeah, it's a very hostile app. Yeah. I remember, um, there was the, uh, they did a, 
update. I'm trying to remember what year it was, but I think it they went from like version four mm-hmm. to version eight or something like that. They skipped a whole <laughs> bunch of versions. There was no, and I forget what it was. I forget what the version was when they did this, but that's well, when they know, completely Dan, words, reinvented words, it. Words have stopped meaning things for a long time now. And apparently now numbers are meaningless also. <laughs> numbers are just an arbitrary label that we give to a pile of stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was that the one, like, for example, I was telling Roderick yesterday, um, uh, um, after we finished recording, I used to be on like a two or three year yeah. version of Skype. And that was fine. It worked great. And it did of exactly course, what you wanted. That's why everybody kept using it. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. They went from that and then they did that huge jump to a new version that then it, it looked different. They were trying to make it a social platform instead oh of God. a useful tool for people to, to talk with their voices to each other, it became, we're going to roll out a platform that's going to uh, unite the world. And that's when Microsoft took it over and tried to make it into a social platform. Mm-hmm. How many people you, think you of Skype? Stickers. You got stickers. <laughs> if you were to interview uh-huh. people on the street, uh, what, name, name three or four social platforms. You know, Skype, oh, that's absolutely. number one. Number one, Skype. Yeah, I, let's 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 look at the classics. What are the what surprising sources of social media? Oh, a newspaper box. A newspaper box is a great social media platform. <laughs> right? I guess. You can yep. meet somebody and sit on that. Um, you know, uh, a traffic light. A traffic light, is, I guess, is a kind of social network if you really think about it. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Skype. I would put Skype in that. I would. Um, I've, I've told you before, Dan, that uh, you know I enjoy and am a member of the San Francisco Zoo, but it does have. It does definitely feel like you're in a dream when you're walking around there. But most importantly, the thing you need to know about the San Francisco Zoo, no matter where you go, no matter where you stand, it always feels like you're behind whatever you're supposed to be looking at or at the back part of it. There is no like front of house. The whole place looks like it's still kind of under construction. And I feel that way with Skype. We're like, you know, like if you ever use something that's a port of another app. Yeah. You know, and so where they just, however, you just like drag a code base onto some other platform and wrap it with something that makes it kind of work. I feel like Skype is like that. It's Skype is like the San Francisco Zoo. It doesn't feel like there was ever an original version of Skype. No matter how you use it, it feels like a port of something that might have been better. Like the, if you hit command, you're in Skype, you hit command comma. What kind of, what, what am I looking at here for that preferences area? The slide over kind of web view look. It feels like I'm using like a WordPress site with a theme that's been optimized for mobile in 2005. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I do. The card-ish interface? Yeah, it's... There's so many strange things going on with interfaces and interface changes. I mean, first we had skeuomorphism and now we've got... And you know, I was looking at... What was the movie? Oh, you know what? Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And apparently it was supposed to take place in modern day. But because they were looking for a certain game, basketball game, I don't want to give anything away about the movie, but it centers on, there's a, a pivotal moment with a basketball game in it. But there were a series of games where the player in the game had to have a really good game, then a really bad game, then a really good game again. And there were mm-hmm. certain things that needed to happen in the game, but the game had to be real. Oh, right. And they, okay. they couldn't find a basketball game that fit the criteria that they had in modern day. They had to go back to, I forget it was 2010 or, or 12, I think. Yeah, 2012. That's so, so cool. I had no idea. So in order to get this certain sequences right. So 
In order to do that, though, there's a scene where the main character is texting another character on his iPhone and it was the old iPhone interface. And it was the oh, first like time got forestalled. Yeah, look. with the yeah, the with the everything aqua and the bubbles and the shininess and the color on everything and the 3D and sort of bevel bevel and yeah. leather stitching. <laughs> but it just reminded me and it was like, oh, man, you know, but they what was great was that they kept the accuracy in the movie That's so that so they cool. would show the right iPhone interface from the time, but it also looked at it. And I was like, gosh, this looks, it just looks antiquated and bad. And we thought it Everything was so big. cool. When I look yeah. at screenshots because it's a, such a smaller screen and with less density, everything right. looks really weird and big and blocky. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We probably shouldn't complain about Skype. That's not really a suitable topic, but it's, it's uh, in these, in these, you know what I'm really discovering? It's like complaining about the weather. It's, there's nothing yeah, you can who, do who, about who's it. Who's going to help me? Who's going to help <laughs> But it is also, it is funny, uh, there's a million little things that we never needed to notice as much before that are now kind of in your face. And things that I just haven't thought or cared about in forever. Like, the last thing I want to do is use the computer camera for anything. Like, whether that's a desktop or a laptop or whatever. I got a sticker on all of them. I put stickers on all the... um, any, anything that I don't want to be a camera gets a sticker in, in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, never use it. Never use it. So why would I have occasion to use it? I mean, right? Like that's just, if I was going to, if I'm going to do something with a camera, yeah. I would use my really amazing iPhone or the Canon or whatever. But like, you know, so I guess it's been a while since I checked in with Apple cameras. But boy, are they not, ever not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even yeah. like the modern ones now, I mean, now, of course, people in our circles are talking about it. Uh, maybe they've always talked about it. Maybe it just didn't matter as much, but now it really matters because we, I mean, regardless of your job, if you're working from home, most people, I would, I would have to guess that most people in a professional position are using the camera on their laptop in a way they probably didn't have to a year ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yes, yeah, about very fair. Sometimes I absolutely. need your help, Dan, to know whether I'm saying something incredibly obvious. I feel like that is at once incredibly obvious and and, and like, totally unknown. <laughs> and in, yeah, it's totally unknown and, and, and indisputably like in your face. In right. the same way that you might not realize a weird quirk of somebody you live with, where there's this odd thing that they do, and you never noticed it because you're never around at that like same time of day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like going back to your parents' house, and like things are the same, but things are different, and like. I don't know. I think it's an interesting time. Well, you know, you can never go home. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying now that I am compelled to do video things. Another show that I do has been not pivoted to video precisely, but we're experimenting with doing some video things. And so I've got a ring light. I'm trying to get set up. I've I got this. I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, got to get a ring light. I guess. I'm. It's just. I, I now I'm, I need a desk. I'm waiting for a desktop mount for that so that I can use it at my desk. Oh yeah, with the iPhone in front of it, you know, inside of it. And of course, I can't get a haircut, so I look I look so ratty right now. And I look I mean, I'm not sure if I look rattier with my iMac camera or rattier with the super high end iPhone camera. Probably the <laughs> iPhone camera in terms. It looks like somebody has run an unsharp mask on a very old catcher's mitt. Oh, come Enhance. on. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. We were watching um, The Good Place last night, and what's the guy's name? The guy who plays in flashbacks, Kristen Bell's boss. Mm, I, haven't, I haven't seen that show. 
Uh, but he's like, he has this look. I'm like, oh God, that's what I look like, isn't it? Like he runs like a scam, <laughs> a company that scams old people out of money with telemarketing pills. And and he just, everything, he looks so ratty. And I'm like, oh, that's what I look like. My, my sideburns are so weird right now. Thank God I have this fancy light and high res camera. You could try um, giving yourself a, a haircut. I, I, I did it and it worked out great. Yeah, I should do that. I posted a picture of it too. Yeah, I I should do that probably. Um, you take it. You have clippers, right? You got some clippers. We got cat clippers. Yeah. Let's no, see, don't yeah, use the same clippers. ones on your cat as you well, would. Well, if I'm gonna clip, I want electric. I don't want to go battery. No, no, go electric. But I wouldn't use the cat ones. Well, how how I'm gonna get uh, a human clipper? Well, you can just order it on Amazon. You just order it from Amazon. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. you say don't use the cat ones? N- no, I would. What avoid. if I want to trim my nails? Uh huh. I would avoid I the, the cat, avoid no. the cat clipper. Yeah, avoid okay. still avoid. My daughter has to hold me down while my wife clips them. We, I, I <laughs> we could do a segment that Uh-oh. just called "Use or Avoid" and you <laughs> right. know run a I, list you know of what? topics I, down. Okay, okay. Use <laughs> use or avoid. And so sometimes in these amidst these difficult times, these challenging times, there will be times where you have to make do with what right. you've got. <laughs> right. I mean, let's look at a simple example. <laughs> yes, like nobody likes parsnips. What's the point of a parsnip? A parsnip is like the the worst. It's like the worst combination of like a radish and a potato. Nobody wants that. But sometimes you got to use a parsnip because that's what you got. Dan, you got to make do. Right. So you have to say to yourself, use or avoid. Use. That would be use. You would use the parsnip. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not use it? But like, you know, you're saying, okay, so again, here classically, cat clippers, avoid. Right. I'm saying avoid a strong avoid for okay. using the cat clippers, but I would say get your own clippers. And what you do, they have little guards on them. You've used clippers. Have you, I? Yeah. You put, um, I got a beard trimmer. You're talking about where you got like a, like a one, two, three kind of, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so you, isn't there more to it than that? And let I me do tell, wanna, I'm going to walk you through it. Okay. And I do want to circle back to user avoid because I have some other questions for you. And I will put into the show notes, I oh, will boy. put in the clippers that I have. Are they walls? I think the current ones are, yep. But it's a wall. It's a wall, W-A-H-L. W-A-H-L. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd say use that, not avoid that. I would say use that, unless you've okay. used it on your cat, in which case, avoid. Ah-ha-ha! And, uh, and there then, comes the asterisk. Then right. you put on, so for me, what I do is uh, you're going to put on, uh, you're going to put on number eight, and you do number that over your whole head, the whole head, top everything. Oh, you're saying sides. that's going to be your super trip. That's like the overall trim. That's the overall trim because the top, you don't probably want shorter than an eight. What? So, yeah. I, I think you got a metric wall. So you do the eight and then wait, you wait, come in. Like, are you, we, we talk about, this will only be helpful in so far as we're talking about the same numbers. This isn't a number like a Skype version. You're saying when I go, when I go to Judy and I say two and a half on the sides mm-hmm. and then just kind of blend it on top. Mm-hmm. That's the same number scale we're talking about here. I don't know what her two is. I'm giving you numbers that I use on the clippers that I have. Okay. Uh, but I think they're pretty standard. Mm. So you do the you never, eight. You never walked into a barbershop. You know, you walk into a barbershop and, and you can say those numbers and those, the, that, that's, that's not a Skype number. No, these are the same numbers. <clears throat> but I'm just saying this would be very long. It's not as long as you think. And also do you, usually do you, a, do you have a ponytail or a rat tail? No. Usually okay. when you're going into the barber, they're using the scissors and a comb to do the top of your hair. They're not using clippers to do the top of your hair. 
So mm. just just bear with me. Eight what about is, a pot of one braid? Have you thought eight about is that? going to be what you use for the for your whole head. Eight but is enough, including okay. the top of your hair. Then mm. you put on a six, and you use the six at sort of the the quarter point. Where if you had one of those wide mohawks where that would end, you'd switch to a six and then you switch to a four to do the stage below that to blend. And then you wind up with like a, a two toward the back of your uh, head, neck and Ooh. sideburns. You're giving yourself a fade. It sounds like it's like yeah, you got to fade, fade. fade it. You got to fade. Roll with kid and play. And so then you're done. You're looking. You look great. You're done. Look like sharp. A million bucks. <laughs> Or, or you look like the uh, blood boy and do. No, if you do what I say, I you're going to look like th- a blood boy. <clears throat> no. You know the blood boy? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know that. I know the, takes the, out the his heart boy. plug. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's what I would look like. Go look that wasn't up. in the novel, you know. I know. That, <laughs> that's from the mind of Lynch. I'm looking for home, my home haircuts picture. There it is. June. I'm going to send it to you. Boy. Okay. Do you want a link or do you want the photo? I don't know. I, just don't send me. I can't, I can't see photos. That's the problem. The problem is I can't see photos. I, I don't have an Instagram account, and it won't let me click on anything. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's a cute picture. Oh, I see. see? Yeah, yeah. You got a got 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 piled high on top. Yeah. Like a souffle. Yeah. I need uh-huh. as much uh, height as I can get. Come on. Uh-huh. Uh, You're boy, very, very guy. tall. Hey, handsome guy. Me. Look at the chiseled feature. Yeah. Woof. So Each I put one. a I put an article like carved um, out of stone from De- <laughs> from Decider called Uncut Gems on Netflix. What's the true story behind Howard Ratner's bet? And so if you haven't seen the movie, hmm. it won't be that interesting of an article. But if you have, Ooh. yeah, Blood Boy. Ooh, nice coffee. Um, yeah. So anyway, you know what I'm talking about though. That's what that's what my hair would look like. Yeah, it would look good if I did it. If you did it, mm-hmm. looks good on me. Cut my kids' Ooh. hair too. The boy. Whether they like it or not. No, he liked it. Really? Did mm-hmm. you use the wall? Yeah, not not the cat one. But I uh I gave him a, and and with his it's it's two steps lower. I do a six on top and then a four on the thing and a two and yeah. Because he's Does he a have boy. a Potawan braid? No. Okay. He's he's not currently studying that. No. Have you ever had his midichlorians measured at all? No. I bet they're off the chart. I don't think so. He got Minecraft Dungeons this morning, though, Merlin. Minecraft Dungeons. Minecraft Dungeons. It's a new game, Minecraft Dungeons. Minecraft Dungeons. It's a dungeon crawler, um, and it's a new game that's out. I know it's out on the Switch, but I think it's also on computers, PC, maybe. Computers. That's cool. Minecraft Dungeons. Okay. Minecraft Dungeons. What is a dungeon crawler? What that mean? Uh, have you ever heard of Diablo? Uh, like a game? The I game. have heard of it. I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. A dungeon it. crawler in general. I mean, I'm, I'm no Syracuse, but a dungeon it crawler. Minecraft Dungeons is an action RPG dungeon crawler based right. on the style of Minecraft. Yes. Okay. And so okay. with a, a dungeon crawler, it's usually a top down 3D ish, but top down game where you are a control a character who usually is getting lots of power ups and spells and advanced weapons and things like that. And you, uh, you are working your way through villages and eventually dungeons and caves and other things, collecting items, getting experience, upgrading your armor and your other weapons as you go. And there are lots of dynamics and things that, that get, it gets very involved. I've never been a big fan of dungeon crawlers, but I played Diablo, mm-hmm. the Diablo. Series. Okay. 
But um, oh, this looks cool. I'm going to send this to my kid. Um, she still plays the craft. Still crafting. Um, I, I will. Uh, I, I have, it is time that I could open up our Minecraft server to a few more people. Oh, nice. So uh, the first, you know, who's on there? I told you it's a bunch of really oh. fun people on there. Really good builders on there. Uh, but um, uh, Peter Lewis of uh, Keyboard Maestro. Oh, the, I like that guy. He's on there and with his son. I've used his software. I do too. But the f- amazing thing about Minecraft, for people who don't know, first of all, it's a very therapeutic, fun game. But the other thing is it's amazing because it's what they call a sandbox game. So you can create mm-hmm. anything you want within it. And there are no rules about the way that you play or what you build. And so some people have built very modern, almost industrial looking you know, centers and bases and things like that. And other people have built things that are very much just sort of like natural, like a homesteader on a farm. And my, uh, my daughter and her friends are on there also. And they, their main goal is killing each other so that you can get, uh, player heads to put on top of zombies and things like that. So it's the way you play is just completely different. That's cool. Yeah, I um, I played it just enough to be dangerous. Yeah, um, my kid still plays it a lot, but um, I've never I've never played in survival mode. I've only ever done you know, dicking around, making boxes explode. Yeah, yeah. You should come on our server and show you around. No, thank you. Okay. I don't like I don't like games. It's not a game. It's a sandbox. So it's a way of life. It's a sandbox. Yeah. You know, like sandboxes, cats. <laughs> You think about that? Avoid. You know, like cats on your server? Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> you win this one, Benjamin. Nice pull. Okay. Uh, do you want to tell me about something you like? Oh, yeah. I would do we have any sponsors? Love... I haven't even looked. We do. Man, I, I'm at sixes and sevens. I'm just, I'm running around. It's been, it's been a crazy morning. You were kind of have to start 10 minutes late. I'm still a little bit out of it. I'm still getting with it. You know, uh, second plumber call of, of the week. Oh, no. What's going on there? Don't want to talk about it. I want to hear about it. Poop. 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 Yeah. It's just the, 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 the we got to get the, the thing snaked. There's just oh. things that we just have to do. A you got to get so it snaked. I, I you, went downstairs and I had that. Somebody had installed, uh, how does one say, a water feature, let's say. Uh, you know, some, some people have a koi pond. We had a similar thing, except it's our garage and poop. 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 Koi pond. From now on, I'm going to call my dookies koi's. Koi, koi. You still there? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm processing this. Avoid, avoid. avoid. (laughs) Let me tell about ExpressVPN, Merlin. ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN. They were on. That was unrelated. There was no way my problem with Skype had anything to do with them. They are a fine service. I love, I love, I'm really getting into ExpressVPN. I'm not going as many places now as I used to go because what's going on. So I'm not using ExpressVPN on a constant basis, but for a long time I was using it constantly. Now that I'm baking on open Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Because anytime that you leave your house, you're, I mean, first of all, we all know you're taking a risk every time you get in the car, but if you're sitting in a coffee shop, if you're over at even a friend's house, if you're on some kind of open Wi-Fi, if you're at a library, if you're uh, at a, you know, at an, uh, you're co-working at an office space, I don't trust any of their stuff. You don't know what Mm-mm. could be going on in there. And you know, uh, even in my life, it, Dan, when I'm dealing with people, okay, I always try, uh, I always try to assume they're doing their best and they're doing the right thing. I don't assume that about anything else 
I would assume ill will. And that's yes. why you got to, you got to strap on a VPN. Assume, assume ill will is, is correct. Assume ill will. And so now one of the things I'm using ExpressVPN for is to, to watch stuff that I wouldn't normally be able to watch. I'm actually using it maybe even more than I used to use it. I don't know, but it's a tool. You know, I like to run stock and clean on the machine. This is one of those things I will, I will use ExpressVPN. It's one of the first things I'll set up on any of my devices. And even if it's something as simple as a search. Okay. So listen to this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when you go and you want to search something, I don't know what you want to search. Listen, that's mm-hmm. your business. It's my okay? business. I don't want or to get business. into it, mm-hmm. but there is Use. there inevitably Use. there will come a time when you want to search for something and, and you want that to be private. I don't know what you're looking at, Merlin. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. People I think it's say, better. It's better for both of us. It's, it's what Richard Nixon calls plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. The thing is, people mm-hmm. are going to say, I'll just use... Help me help you help me believe you. I'll just use incognito mode. But let me tell you something. Incognito mode is does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use. Especially in Chrome. Or, or how many times you clear your browsing history. Mm-hmm. Your internet service provider is still able to see every website that you visited. So that's why even if I'm at home... I'm going to be using ExpressVPN because this makes it completely invisible. It doesn't matter if your ISP is, you know, Verizon or or Comcast or we have Spectrum here. You're saying even if you've got an ISP that's a real stinker, they can't see. You're putting on the the blast helmet or you're putting a blast helmet on them. But did you you know, and the reason is ISPs in the U.S., I don't know about other countries. But in the U.S., they can legally sell your information to ad companies. So they can take your specific information and say, yeah, this guy, he visits mm-hmm. this site all the time. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. That's right. I should be able to, I, I, sh- I should be allowed to, to look at the things I want to look at. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers. Your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. It keeps all of your information secure. It's 100% encrypted, all of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And most of the time, I don't even realize that I have it on. It's just run mm-hmm. seamlessly in the background. It's easy to use. You tap one button and you're protected and it works on all your devices, your phones, your computers. It'll even work on your smart TV. Merlin, I'm going to say to you, there is no excuse for you not to be using this. And it's the same for our, our dang listeners. Can I, can, I give you, can I give you a handful of syllables here? I would love it. Geolocation. Now, you either know this or you don't know it. And like, if you know this, don't listen because you already know it. If you don't know, let me tell you about this. A lot of times you go to a website or a service or similar, and it's going to use the location of your IP address to determine where you are, which is cool for some things. Like that can be real handy in terms of telling me the weather, but sometimes it's going to use it to say, this is exactly the version of this service you are allowed to use for things like rights reasons. It's a complicated world. It really is a global economy as much, even, even insofar as we mostly stay at home right now. And so what's going to happen? You try to go, uh, you go to, uh, you go to Italian Netflix. Uh, I assume there's an Italian Netflix and it's going to say, ah, 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 not so fast, the boss. It's going to say it like that. <laughs> that's what it, sa- that that's what it sounds like. Exactly yeah, what it sounds it's, like. It's, it's 505 Mario not found. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's my understanding that one other thing ExpressVPN can do for a person is make it so you could say, no, 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 I'm coming in. You can't keep me out. I want to see the Italian Netflix or Mario. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
So what they now do... I'm not going to be racist and talk about all the different kinds of things you can look at in other countries. Oh, you can get maple syrup from Canada. You can't. That's not how a TV works. But what you can do is, is in many cases, go in and say, eh, 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 I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, uh, I ain't here. I'm over there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And when the world opens up, you'll be protected yep. everywhere you go. Here's now where more than ever. Here's where they're going to go. Express VPN. Just spelled. It's spelled like express. Express mm-hmm. the word. How do you spell VPN? VPN. Okay. So expressvpn.com slash back to work. That's it. Use. What Use. happens when you go there is you are going to protect your online activity. This is a VPN. Did you know this? They were rated number one by CNET and Wired. Wait, wait. I heard, I heard that they were number one from Wired. What was the other one? CNET. Have you heard of CNET? CNET and Wired number one. Number one. Use. So if you go to that URL, you're going to get three extra months free on a one year package. It's a great deal. ExpressVPN.com slash back to work. Go get your deal. Support the show. Support yourself. Thanks very much, ExpressVPN, for making this show possible. Thanks, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN. Do you ever, um, do you know about the, you know about the whispering trick with Lady in a Tube, right? Yes. I know it's disturbing, but I know about it. I really like it. Yeah. You, really you're like not disturbed it. by it? Um... I'm disturbed by a lot in life, mm. but a machine that can whisper back at me, that's a comfort to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. It sounds. Alexa, what time is it? <laughs> I guess I never do this at this particular device. Okay. Alexa, stop. Alexa, go home. <clears throat> um. I don't have too much today. I, like I say, I'm in sixes and sevens because of the poop. Mm, you know? Well, yeah. Well, there's that. There's that. And also, I'm just, I'm kind of, um, uh, I don't say this very often, but I'm kind of busy. I've got things I need to do. And so, like, today, today is a multiple event day. And I have not optimized my life for multiple event days. Mm, like what? I mean, can you share any of it? Or is it all? Oh, we got a, the poop man's coming. <laughs> um, I got, I got a podcast and another podcast. I'm doing uh-huh. one of them now with you. The okay. show that we do. Yeah. I'm doing that right now. I got another one later. It's got to be on video. So I got to do set up things for that. It's not difficult. I'm not complaining, but I do. um, I do. uh, Let's put it this way. Last two months have been very optimized for a certain kind of activity. And it's, it's made me even more sluggish than I used to be about change and response. I feel like. Mm, Change and response. Well, on the face of it, you should say, well, geez, dude, how hard is it? You know, um, how difficult is it for you to do things? And the answer is it's not difficult, but there also is a certain, I'm I'm being dead honest and a little vulnerable here. I take a nap almost every day. Now Um, I stay up a little bit later. I sleep a little bit later. I spend more time on food planning and preparation than I used to. We do that just as a family where there's just all kinds of little things that we're just always uh, tweaking, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, sometimes you just want to keep everything a little bit settled down. Everybody stay settled down. Everybody, we don't want to be too quick to anger. You don't want to be too quick to, you know, have any kind of a unnecessary emotion because you don't want to, you don't want to use the, use the plumbing too hard because there's all kinds of things that, you know, work, settle down. You know what I'm saying? Do you have this feeling around the house? Like maybe a little bit less, uh, uh, skylarking and rough play. Like, please do not crack your head open on the corner of the coffee table now more than ever. Yes. Just, just settle down. Yeah, just right? ra- rest. Just rest. Everybody just settle down. Stop and, it. And and I think, though, that's sort of, okay, 
I'm going to probably have a weird existential freak out at some point over the summer. But for now, let's just all settle down. But I think it has made me logier even than I used to be and slower to respond to change. I don't know for sure. It certainly made me more conservative mm -hmm. in some of my decisions. Does that make sense? You want to take fewer risks. I mean, I'm, I've never been a particularly risk-taking person, I don't think. And I'm not trying to frame this as some kind of like transformative thing. But like, like for example, I, I mean, I, I still, I rely so heavily on stuff like reminders and alarms. Mm -hmm. I mean, my brain is just getting a little bit doughy from all of this. Because like, for example, we've discovered this. So every night, <clears throat> sometimes a little before dinner time and through dinner or whatever, we bring out the lizard and put him on his ramp so he can look at the sunset. And he enjoys hanging out with us, and we enjoy hanging out with him. Um, but we, each of the three of us who are in a position to know that the lizard is out and about, because the cat doesn't notice the lizard. Right. To a person, we all forget. And we go, wait a minute. Is anybody watching Bando right now? And we're like, everybody looks around. Of course, he's in a mass of wires, you know, <laughs> under, under the entertainment center, because <laughs> he loves being in there. Uh -huh. It's so cute. He's, he, I, I don't, that's not a photograph I posted a lot, because it's very messy, and it would upset John Syracuse. But I think it reminds him of being under, feeling safe under, like, branches or, you know, because, um, you know, lizards, when they, when they, they like to just be covered, and they like to go do their thing and be left alone. So now I find myself saying to the lady in a tube, uh, De hey dingus, set a 20-minute lizard timer. In the same way that I always set, I always say, hey dingus, you know, set an eight-minute pasta timer. Because there's no sense in ever forgetting that you have pasta boiling. Why would you not use that timer? You know why? Pride. Pride in how smart you are and how you don't forget things. And eight minutes is, in my opinion, approximately the perfect amount of time over which to forget something. In fact, I would challenge anybody here, no cheating, I would challenge anybody here to, without looking at a clock or without using an alarm, I want you to do a couple things because there's always two things with me. I want you to remember when exactly eight minutes has passed. You're not allowed to, you're allowed to look at the clock exactly once. Price is right rules. When you look at the clock, it must have been exactly eight minutes since you started or you fail and start over. Do you understand the ex experiment? Yes, I got it. So the couple things is, first of all, uh, you're not going to be right. But more importantly, way more importantly than you not being right is mm -hmm. you will forget. Mm -hmm. You will forget that you're currently on a mental eight-minute timer. And I, I challenge anybody here, are the rules clear? Because here's the rules. Eight minutes. In eight minutes, you look at in exactly eight minutes, look at the clock and record how close you were to exactly eight minutes. I like that. Because here's what it's going to be. It's either going to be <clears throat> 90 seconds or you forget about it. And that's, uh, so that's, that's one of my compensatory muscles, as you know. That's why I live by my calendar. But like yesterday I had a call with Alex um, about a, a tech thing. And like, I totally spaced that it was 1230 rather than one. She's like, we still doing our calls? Like, yeah, absolutely. And she's like, uh, so it's 1240. And I was like, oh my God. Why? Because in my head, I thought it was at one. And when I got the alarm, I thought it was an alarm for like half an hour from now rather than right now. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I bet I'm not alone. I bet there are ways in which these changes. I mean, I know my body volume is shifting in weird ways. Yeah. Oy, gavolt. I weigh exactly the same as I weighed before. I was shocked to get on the scale this morning and discover. No, I haven't gained weight. My body's just getting weird. 
You know, we're all well, evolving you're, you're, differently. You're losing, uh, you're losing, you're having mu- muscle atrophy. I probably lost 10, you're, 10 you're, pounds of muscle over the last I three eat months. I differently. I eat less than I used to eat, but I'm also, because my body needs fewer calories. I'm at approximately one third to one half of my typical steps these days. I mean, it's not good. I, I, I used to walk a lot more, obviously. So anyway, I still, I had this fantasy that if I could draw, there's so many conditions and asterisks to Mm -hmm. this. If I could draw, I would love to draw one of the first New Yorker covers uh, that will come out after things are safely opening up. And so it almost would work. It almost works as a before and after, but it would be funnier as just an after. So like imagine, um, what are they, why do I never remember this, Dan? Um, Isometric or what's it called with the way like you look at old Sims, you know, like where you're looking at it down at an angle. Yeah. Yeah. Isometric view. Yeah. So imagine an isometric view of like a few blocks of housing and it's sun, the sun is out and everybody's door opens and everybody walks out at the same time. And each person has evolved into a different kind of hideous (laughs) creature. Like, but like, no, when I say different, I mean like wildly different. Like one of them, one of you has like two heads, you know, one of you has, you know, uh, maybe you're like a witch's cauldron, like, but something happened in isolation and we've each had our own personal Galapagos. We're a biome (laughs) of total uniqueness, a a unique biome of horror has transformed every single person. And we all come out, you know, I think a lot of people are just kind of probably gonna look like Renfield, maybe have a hump. You know, try to eat a roach. Maybe you have a, maybe you have a gun for an arm now, <laughs> but that's, I think that's what's going to happen. But like, ha ha, gosh, I wish I could draw. Cause that would be a great New Yorker cover. But I do <laughs> think that's going to be very true to an extent. I think people's preferences and druthers are, uh, in some places, some, some kinds of people are going to go straight back to whatever kind of BS life they had before. And I think a lot of other people, I hope at least a quarter or so of the, Folks out there will be on the John Roderick and Merlin man side and be like, well, what have we learned from this about how we would like to live? Yeah. And there's so much that, you know, like my mom was thinking about coming, uh, moving uh, back to Austin from South Florida. And one of the things that she was, you know, she had a long list of criteria and the places that she wanted to live when she moved back here. You know, she's she's in her early 70s. So she doesn't need assisted living. She doesn't need anything like that. She's doing fine uh, right now. But, you know, she she did want to be in a community with people more her age. So she that was high on her list. And she said, well, in that community has to have these certain amenities. And a lot of it's based on the community that she's in now in South Florida of like what they have and, and the amenities and different things. And so she had this long list of things. Well, it has to have this, it has to have this, it has to be this. And then here she it, wants to she wants to have a role in planning her environment, how she lives. But now because of the Corona situation, which she's very terrified about, you know, and being mm-hmm. being in that kind of core age group of what they say is the most vulnerable, she's had to give up doing almost all of that stuff. Basically, she's like not doing any of it. And she said to me that she's like, you know, she's like, I really am. You know, she's not, I'm not going to say she's happy. She's stressed out. Right. She hates this situation like all of us do. But she's like, I realized I didn't need most of that stuff to 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 do the stuff that I want to do. I don't, I don't need it. And so now her requirements have changed dramatically and expanded dramatically as far as like the things that she needs and what she's realized she can, it doesn't even feel in some cases like she's doing without a lot of those things. 
Uh, I just thought that's that kind of goes in the opposite direction of maybe we're finding we don't need this stuff that we thought we needed. Like I used to eat mm-hmm. lunch out very frequently and now I'm hardly ever def- at all doing it. And, you know, like I didn't I didn't choose that, but it chose me. And now that's that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? What one of my friends said the other day, she mentioned that she's like, you know, TV in 2021 is really going to suck. And so is like movies in 2021 and 22 because the, the pipeline will dry up. Yeah. Like right now we've still got stuff. Like I just saw mm-hmm. that season three of dark is coming out in a month. I didn't realize that was coming out so soon. Like we're getting these great shows still and everything, but like it's going to dry up and we're going to have nothing in like a year and a half from now. We're going to have zero zilch, nothing or else it's all going to be rushed and the content's just going to suck. Or it'll all be from Iceland or something. Yeah. Right. I think there are, there are a couple, was it Iceland and is it South Korea? There's not that many countries that are like still doing full on development. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, I still feel uh, reluctant to say, yeah, I hate a lot of it and I love some of it. Nobody wants to talk about this. Nobody wants to say Everyone that. wants to hear about it. But, you know, in the case of the kind of work that my wife does, like, I mean, it's, she's, she's working a lot and working very hard, like as hard as she ever did in the quote unquote office. Yeah. But I mean, here's the, I mean, the reason we have a car, cause you know, it's nice to have a car to get around. You got a kid, you want to go places and do things. But the reason we have a car is because she needs to drive to work. As everybody knows, San Francisco is a city that is approximately for, for our purposes, approximately seven miles wide by seven miles high, approximately. 49 square miles is the is all of the city of San Francisco, county and city of San Francisco proper, right? So think about that. Uh, like how long should it take to get from one place to another? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we are, this is not, we're not even talking, but we're talking about like a somewhat far-flung by, stan, uh, by San Francisco standards trip. But her commute to, to work in the morning at any like normal time is about 45 minutes to get that's, that's a long from time. our house to where she works out by the ballpark and the new basketball arena. Right. Um, I mean, doesn't that seem pretty wild? That's like a, not, maybe not an Atlanta style commute in terms of length, but in terms of like, really in, in I mean, in Florida, you drive five miles in like 10 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So she didn't miss that. Starting your day, like sitting, like waiting to get into an, uh, an on-ramp onto a highway, like not a fun way to start your day. Um, does she miss that? I think she super does not miss that. Um, but then there's, there's even been, I hate to say evolution. Um, only John Syracuse truly understands what evolution is. But look at this one. So what did we all know going into this two months ago or whatever? Um, well... We're going to be able to do a lot of our work because of Slack that we're already using and because of things like, uh, even at the time, I feel like two months ago, Zoom, which is this thing we can use for our our group calls, right? And so, and then what happened? Okay. Oh yeah, here we are. Everybody here. Yeah, everybody here. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and introduce our next speaker. Who's going to be introducing our next speaker. Who's going to be introducing our next speaker. And that's like how we'll spend an hour. Well, all these people just stare at this. It's like, well, just because we're not stuck in a room does not make this meeting that much better. Meetings will still suck because of that. So then what happened? Well, we discovered that using Zoom for meetings can be very fatiguing. 
for several reasons. I mean, one of the, the some, I think some fairly recent uh, conjecture has been that being able to see people, like not just your work coworkers, but people whom you love, just being able to see them on video over time will become more melancholy and, and exhausting than it is fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And if it's people you work with, if it's your, uh, you know, workplace companions, um, there, there is a special kind of stress and fatigue from just having to sit in a chair on a video call for a long time. I think for lots of psychological and physical and social reasons. So now what happens? Well, I, a lot of the scuttle I hear is people saying, you know, um, we probably don't need to be having that many Zoom meetings. Right? That, you know, like all meetings, this has been my my rap for many years now, is that yeah. you're you're potentially... You're not optimally using time, but let's be honest, you're wasting everybody's time at scale. Like there's nothing quite so efficient as making everybody pretend to pay attention to the same thing at the same time in the same room. That's such a dude move. (laughs) Hey, everybody, come sit here and watch me. Well, can I not? No, it's a meeting. Oh, I guess I better go if it's a meeting. But like, you know, what's next? You're going to make me come watch your stand-up? Like, that's so insane. Well, when you're stuck at home, well, first of all, we need the Zoom meeting, right? Okay, we're all going to see each other, make sure you're all working. And then maybe over time, it's a little bit more like, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm not, not loving all of these Zoom meetings. And then it's like, you know, uh, we could all be working a lot less if we would optimize, really continue to optimize the way that we spend time with each other. And if we need to do this, like, why do we love Slack? Well, one reason I love Slack is, and I do, one reason I love Slack is the channels. Not everybody has to see everything. Right. I feel like that's still something people are getting their head around with stuff like mail and meetings, email and meetings. It's like, you know, take it offline, as we used to say. Like, you guys take it offline. You know, you're starting, as my old boss Richard used to say, you're, this is a rat hole. You guys go figure it out. So anyway, that, that's one of like a million things. Yeah. Ideas about how we, how we uh, and again, here, here's the thing. <sighs> Nothing gold can stay, right? No, I think it was Essie Hinton who taught us that. <laughs> or Shakespeare. Um, but... You know, a lot of people are just dying to go back to whatever they used to have. In my experience, this is going to be, this is kind of a hot take. People who are constantly trying to sell you a version of what they call normal are ordinarily people in power because normal benefits people in power. People in power are benefited by normal. Normal at at a very high level means like uh, markets are enthusiastic and mm-hmm. confident. Mm-hmm. But really what it means is like you, the hegemony that has benefited and the privilege that has benefited you your entire life mm-hmm. is what your normal is. And something I, I said, I think a week or two ago on Twitter, I, like that I think that. is really true is like p- real power in, in, in life is the ability to make somebody else experience your normal. Right. So when I hear, I'm not trying to do that funny Michael Lopp thing here, but when I hear people say things like, um, I want to get back to normal. I mean, how many, how many black people you know right now that want to get back to that normal? <laughs> how many, how many people who don't have health care want right. to get back to that normal? Right. Well, that's not normal. That's it's, it wasn't normal. It's not normal now. And if I'm sorry, now I'm ranting, but like I just think that's that's really something to keep in mind. And, and when we look at things like our own unexamined privilege, which I guess we'd be looking at, would make it some somewhat examined. I think it's important to realize what it is you're willing to force on other people because you can't wait to get your power back. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, when that New Yorker cover comes true and we all are like all the little Renfields are scurrying out of their little hovels. Like, I think I think I hope that there's at least a handful of people that come out of this going. This has some stuff has to be different. It's never been clearer at so many levels, micro, macro, everything in between in the N.B. Davis square of life. Like all of these things need to be examined right now. And like I said to Roderick, like, you know, a thing my friend uh, taught me, my friend Chris, when we were pulling the engine out of my VW, you get the scissor jacks, you drive the car away, and now your engine is sitting there and we can replace these gaskets. But as long as we're here and we've take, gone to the trouble of taking out the engine, it's a really good time to see what else we could be working on in here. You don't pull your engine out that over often. So why not use that chance to see what else you could fix under the hood? I like that analogy a lot. Thank you. You got one more I thing to, to tell draw. you about. Yeah, draw it out. Do a little drawing of it. Um, I saw a really interesting... Uh, you know what? If you tell me something you like, I'll try to find this. I, a very funny, but very silly, but very cool, probably TEDx talk, where uh, it's one of those great kind of TED talks, maybe along the lines of, a, of an Apollo Robbins talk, where you like you come in thinking one way about life and walk out going, whoa. And this guy's like, you, you tell me you can't draw... I'm going to show you how to draw. Make this line, make that line, make that line. You just made this cartoon character. And if you do it with them, it's so wild because it doesn't look like good, but it's something you could, in my case, I could never imagine being able to do. I'll find the video and maybe I'll draw a New Yorker cover. I think you should. I mean, consider it. Just be serious about it. Yeah, isometric. Why don't you talk about something you like? I would love to tell you about feels. Feels. This is a perfect time for feels. There's two things that, that you need to know about feels, because it's always two things with Merlin. Mm-hmm. Hello. The first thing is, <clears throat> feels is CBD. It is premium CBD, and it is delivered directly to your doorstep. That's what feels is. And at this time right now, I think I'm hearing this from everybody, seeing it myself, our schedules are weird. You just mentioned earlier, Merlin, how you're you're sleeping in a different schedule. People are stressed out. People are anxious. Yep. Everything's a little out of whack right now and feels CBD can really help ground you, whether you're dealing with stress or anxiety or even chronic pain. If you're having trouble sleeping, a lot of us are having these issues right now and a bunch of other ones that CBD is really good for. But what makes feels great is that they are a really high-end premium level CBD. They're not the gas station CBD. They're really good CBD. I've tried a ton of different CBDs. Feels is my favorite. They couldn't pay me to say that. That's the CBD that I'm using now. And I really, really like it. It's great for the things I mentioned, reducing stress, helping with anxiety, uh, pain, sleeplessness. You put a few drops under your tongue, you'll feel the difference within just a few minutes. And they even have a free CBD hotline or text support so that you can get help from them to figure out exactly the right dosage for you, to how it's going to treat your issues, how it's going to help you. It's really, really useful. And they're the only guys that I know about that are that are doing this the way they're doing it. Real human support. It's going to help you feel better naturally. And you can join the Feels community. It will be delivered to your door every month. You're going to save money on every order and you can pause or cancel it at any time. I really like Feels. It's helping me be my best, especially in this weird world that we're in right now. And uh, if you use this special URL, Feels is spelled F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash back to work. You'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. 
So again, you become a member, you'll get 50% automatically taken off your first order. You will get the free shipping. Feels, F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to Feels for making this show possible. Thank you, Feels. Buck, buck. Um, what I was referring to is a TEDx, it's TEDx Hull, Hull. city in England. Hull. H-U-L-L. Hull. Hull. Yes. What is London 4, Hull 0? Is that the one? What's the album? <laughs> House Martin's album? What a good place to be. I'll put it in notes. <clears throat> TEDx Hull. Uh, you, uh, it's uh, uh, Graham Shaw doing a talk called Why People Believe They Can't Draw and How to Prove They Can. I thought it was delightful. My kid and I did it together. It was really fun. Yeah? Yep, yep, yep. So you get two pieces of homework. Uh, one of them, because always two things with you. One of them is uh, try the TEDx talk from Hull. Mm-hmm. Hullo. Hull. And then also uh, uh, do the eight-minute test, if you can do it. Yeah. I'm going to do the eight-minute test. I, I, I think you'll find the results quite surprising. Um, oh, I don't know why I'm telling you this. Okay, can I do one more thing? Short subject? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, we have two sponsors, right? Yeah, that's it. We're done with the yeah. sponsors. Um, so, oh, you know what? This, this can wait. I just, you know what? I'll just mention. I'm going to mention this real quick. Well, yes. Okay. So, so, do we want to do this short topic and then some letters, or just this short topic, or just letters? What do you want to do? I want to do the short topic. Just okay. the short topic. Okay. So, uh, this is an omnibus recommendation. It, it involves uh, several related and unrelated things. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's a it's a, like a rat king of uh, suggestions for how to use your time. I'm not sure quite where to start. I will start with uh, a piece in The Atlantic that I liked quite a lot and I think you all might find useful. It's by the uh, film critic for The Atlantic named David Sims. Uh, and it's his piece called 30 Singular Films to Watch in Quarantine. And I, I commend you to this list because, uh, well, I only recognize, or I'm sorry, I've only seen maybe 10 of these movies, but there are 10 movies that like are, I think, really f- fit what's on the tin. Like, these are films that are very different from your usual sort of film. And I mm. like a film like that. Okay. Some of them are foreign films, um, sorry, international films. Um, some of those are very familiar, you know, things like Orlando, the first thing I ever saw Tilda Swinton in that I just, I thought she was extraordinary. The first thing I ever saw her in. So anyway, it's a really, um, good article with some good suggestions. And he says that they're all streamable. I mean, when he says that it's not streamable for free necessarily, like some of them you pay for, but um, so continuing with the omnibus here, I also, I did not put this in note yet, notes yet, but I will just cause I have literally no better use for my time. I made a YouTube playlist of the trailers for all 30 movies that David Sims talks about in there, <laughs> Okay, which doesn't, didn't really take very long. It's a, you know, pretty fast on a computer. Um, I like to think, uh, so if you want, I made that for my lady and me because we've been thinking about watching some of them and now. Um, we've added three or four we definitely want to watch to our list. Uh, so those are in show notes. Um, as long as I'm here, though, I will also mention um, a, a list that I made uh, that's not nearly as interesting or ambitious as David Sims's list, but that is also in show notes. That is my um, um, list of weird movies for weirdos in lockdown. I like and it. I think there's a couple overlap movies with David's list, just completely coincidentally. Um, but I'm more normie 
So like where he's going to talk about something about like Madeline's Madeline, like I'm going to say, well, you know, game night or predestination or some mm-hmm. normie dad. Movie. Right. Right. Um, but that's in there. And, um, and then finally, I just wanted to re-recommend the podcast that David Sims is on with uh, Griffin Newman uh, called Blank Check, which is just delightful. Um, some, some obviously the, the two that to me are, are just absolute standout all-time great podcast episodes. Uh, their episode on Robocop is amazing. Their episode on uh, the movie The Book of Henry, jaw-dropping. Um, and then recently they did uh, Mad Max Fury Road, and that was really, really good. Nice. So the, pre- the premise of Blank Check, which they do at the top, they tell you at the top of the show, is they take a director who at some point in their career got, as I say, a blank check. Like, because of some success early in their career, they got to make some very, very interesting movies. And so, and that, they kind of... That's still the premise of the show, but it's basically become a way for them to say, we're going to talk about every George Miller movie, or we're going to talk about, you know, every um, uh, Zemeckis movie or every Spielberg movie. And sometimes it's the two of them and their producer, Ben, uh, and sometimes it's a guest with them. But uh, it's a really charming show. And the, the reason, one reason I like it, they are extremely funny. So David writes for The Atlantic, and Griffin, um, this is not Griffin McElroy, Griffin Newman, you may know as Arthur on the show The Tick. He's an actor and a big film nerd, and he's very, very funny. So um, what's neat about it, though, is, you know, unlike a lot of, like, bad movie podcasts, Mm -hmm. some of which I love, like, I love The Flophouse, like, they love movies and don't like being mean to movies. They, well, they're, it's... They're very, very smart, and they know a lot, and they read a lot, and there's a lot of scholarship behind it, but it's just nice to hear somebody, it's nice to hear Griffin Newman that excited about RoboCop for two and a half hours. It's so fun. But on the occasion that the movie is a stinker, to, to quote David Sims, oh boy, when it's, when it's a stinker like Book of Henry, nobody, nobody films a car wreck quite like these two guys. They are really, really funny. So that's my omnibus suggestion. Weird movies. Go read about them. You check out the trailers on YouTube, courtesy of Daddy. And then you uh, you maybe go listen to the Blank Check podcast. Maybe you go see Predestination, like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. It's an omnibus uh, recommendation. Omnibus. Omnibus. Hull. Omnibus. Hull. Um, <laughs> I think that's all I've got. And that's all I'm you want to do. Crawl back into my coffin. <laughs> One question I have. Yes, you do. <clears throat> um, there's some some data that I need for um, for my uh, database here. Yes. You mentioned that you are napping, mm-hmm. you're staying up later, and you're waking up later. A little bit. Would you care to share what time you're doing those things? Uh, approximately. <laughs> Uh, sure. Uh, be, and there's a reason that I ask, um, because as you know, I'm not a big... Because you're na- planning to rob me. No, I'm not a big no. napper. Not not big napper. And I've found that when I've tried doing it, if if I do it at the right time, it can actually wind up for the right duration and at the right yes. time. If I get those two things perfectly, I can do it and I don't feel horrible like the rest of the day. I actually feel better. Mm-hmm. But if I get it wrong, yeah. I sleep a little it's too worse. long. It's worse than, it's the opposite of restful. Yeah. And so I was curious, it sounds like you've got a system for this. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure. curious I'd be happy to. It. I mean, it varies. Um, 
I rarely go to bed before 10 and I rarely go to bed too much after midnight. And I usually wake up sometime between six and like 7.30. Sometimes I'll sleep in a little bit. Like today I slept in more than I normally do. Um, and, and so this is a kind of, I want to say like multivariate thing to figure out because you're absolutely right. I mean, what's the counter, the, the counter example of like, oh, a good nap. I had a great 20 minute nap is where you fall asleep at like 5 p.m. And you wake up at seven and it's dark and you're like, what has happened? <laughs> and now you screwed everything up. Right. There are. So here's what I'm gonna say about that. Um, you, you're right. To the, the jumping off point is when are you normally going to bed, going to sleep? When are you normally getting up? That obviously is, that's sort of our, our anchors for figuring out when to nap. Um, I, I cannot tell you the answer to this, but I, I'll tell you that there may be an answer to this. If you try to mostly go to sleep at the same time and try to mostly get up at the same time, you will discover that there is a period N hours after waking up, right? or conversely, um, you know, Y hours before going to sleep, um, and you're going to discover that there is a window where a nap works best for you. Uh-huh. And over time, I know this is not the specific advice. I'll give you my specific advice, but it's not going to be good. Like it's only, you have to find out what yours is. So the two things here, um, if we look at the, if we sort of like um, pin our day by waking and sleep, there's a certain time when you should start a nap of a certain length. And I, I've heard it said, well, I've heard it said, and I've heard it said that it's BS, but that most people's cycles tend to run in some kind of like a 90 minute or so cycle. I don't know if that's still considered good science today, but that's what I, that's what I had learned in college is that when you nap, you'll discover there's a certain cycle to how long you should sleep at night and when you should nap. And so I'll say for myself, for me, almost exactly one hour at almost exactly what, two or two thirty, sometimes one or one thirty. But that's for me, and I, and I uh, so I'll turn on Do Not Disturb, you know, I'll basically, I'll basically say to my family, look, I'm going to take a nap, nobody bother me. And, um, and of course, they're free to do the same. And uh, it's almost always exactly one hour. And I feel pretty good. Um, so for you, I would start with something like, if you want to try this, and don't, remember, you're not trying to knock down a door. Nobody ever got to sleep by freaking themselves out. But what you might try is, I want to say the rule of thumb is five hours after you wake up. Is it eight hours after you wake up? You might want to start with something like five, six hours. Let me put it this way. Like I discovered a while back that I, I'm already naturally a little logy after lunch. So like I, I'm running my day is sort of like running a rally. Where mm-hmm. like I know I want to be up at a certain time. I know I want to take the pills that can sometimes make me nauseated by a certain time. I do have to kind of hit these markers I like to eat by a certain time. I know you do too, or I feel like I know that about you. You may discover something like what I've discovered, which is approximately, let's say seven, five, five, maybe six or seven hours after I wake up, having eaten lunch, I have no trouble sleeping for an hour. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because like if you can leverage the Logie, like that's going to help you you go, oh, well, of course I'm tired. This would be the perfect time to nap. Um, so, yeah. Now, now, with that said, there are some people, like my friend uh, Alex Cox, they don't like to nap, like, at all. It, it's like punishment. So, yeah, I've never, I'm, I'm, I'm more in that category. I never really napped. I, I remember being a little boy and my mom telling me stories about how I would never nap. I never liked it. I never wanted to do it. Yeah. I would just lay there awake and then she'd come and get me and I've been awake the whole time. 
And I didn't nap. I remember one time in college, I napped once in college and it completely <laughs> screwed everything up and I wound up being late for a, a dinner. And, uh, and so I didn't try it again until I was in my like early forties and I have been able to make it work a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I probably spent, you know, 40 years of my life now never, never doing it unless I was like, you know, had the flu and was sick and then, then it's not really napping. You're just kind of delirious right. for days. You're succumbing. Time. Yeah. But I've tried it recently. And in some cases it, it kind of can work, but I, I've not well, do you mastered get, do you still get anxious that. when you do it. It's not anxious. It's it's like uh, my heart will feel like it's beating out of a certain cycle. What's, what's your What's your emotional response though that leads to this negative feeling? About right? if you could just can you describe the emotion that you feel when you quote unquote try to take a nap? Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm tired and I get it right, I don't feel anything good or bad. I just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But it's the waking up and afterwards feeling. Mm-hmm. like groggy and weird. But then there's been a couple times where I got it right. And I woke up and I'm like, Oh yeah, like, I feel good. And then it's like, I can, I'm more productive in the afternoon and I feel better. And, mm-hmm. but the problem for me is also a big part of it is how long I'm sleeping oh, yeah. for 15 minutes, 10 to 20, 15 to 20 minutes is a good nap for me. Yeah. People. But mm-hmm. I don't know how long it's going to take me to fall asleep. So it's not yeah. like I can set an alarm and say, well, well I want to sleep. Emotion, for Cause then I, I feel like, I feel like people get mad at themselves about it. And they're like, I don't know how to take a nap when I feel like a, an idiot. Um, and also in my case, like something that helps me a little bit with my anxiety and a lot with my sleep is to, uh, realize and accept that, um, these things that are happening right now are the thing that always happens. For example, like if you if you learn, like let's say you're a person who doesn't like flying and you're somebody who is worried about nausea, right. you're worried about, you know, right. God forbid a plane crash. Like you're as soon as you like get in the lift to get or the cab to get there, as soon as you're like driving up, the sound of your luggage wheels on the concrete the feeling of going through that door, hearing the sound of that like airlock door when you go into the airport. I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but like those are all potentially triggers for this growing sense of dread of about, oh God, I'm feeling the feeling again. As in, here this feeling goes again. Ugh, I do not like this feeling. Right. Right. Does that, isn't that kind of a, that familiar, that sense yes. of dread yes. of like all, here come all the triggers and all all the cues that let me know it's time to start getting stressed out. Now, that's actually totally normal for all kinds of situations. The ninja move is to learn to say, this is going to seem very awfully subtle. Instead of going, oh, God, here this feeling comes again. You go, hmm, here this feeling comes again. Mm -hmm. And like, look at it just a little more clinically, less emotionally. Instead of going, I'm about to be consumed by this you say to yourself, oh, here's that thing that happens and then goes away. And that helped my, this helped my anxiety a little bit and helped my sleep a lot because I used to say I can't fall asleep right now because I have all of these anxious thoughts. And the thing is, I rehearsed that failure so often that I basically taught myself very well how to never nap for a long time because I thought, oh, I will just lay here with these anxious feelings and then never go to sleep. And I'll just suck at this. So why even bother? But then I, an odd thing happened. And I might have read this somewhere. But I think I kind of just figured it out. Which is, um, 
yeah, you know, I do have those anxious feelings. And rather than being scared of them or worried about them or feeling bad about my failure at napping, instead I realized, wait a minute, what if I, what if I looked at this at what it actually is, which is I always have anxious thoughts right before I fall asleep. Do you see the difference? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, well, what if these anxious thoughts are bad? I'll never fall asleep. I guess I'll get up and feel bad about myself. What if I learned to realize, okay, there's actually this weird chain of things that I feel before I fall asleep. Usually there's a false start. Like I, I fall asleep a little bit and wake up. And like, what if instead of being frustrated about that, I was like, this is just the thing that happens when I fall asleep. It sounds incredibly subtle and dumb, but it's actually usually helpful, right? It's, it's sort of back to that classic, like, nobody wants to go to the gym because it always hurts. Well, does it hurt because you didn't stretch? Does it hurt because you're just mad that you're such a lard ass? Like, right, you're not the way you want to be right now? And what if instead you go like, this is just part of the process. This is part of the thing that I do whenever I go to the gym. As I stretch and I do that thing and I have a bad feeling and then I have a different kind of bad feeling. And now I know it's time to work out because I'm done with all those things. Mm-hmm. Right. We should make this a topic because it's actually a really It is good topic. a good topic. I like this. Is it making sense what I am trying to describe here? I think, yeah, it does to me. You're, re- you're trying to, not trying, you're going to reframe things like thoughts, feelings, it, reframe them instead of the thing that explains your failure, try to see them as the thing that directly precedes your success. And if Re- you repeat, that re- repeat, enough, repeat that. That's really good. Say that again. Yeah, I think it might be good. Um, so in the case of the trying to get to sleep, and I'm not saying this is you. I'm not saying this is me. I'm kind of saying it's me. I think it's a lot of people as you go like, damn it. Like I, my, I have all my, my mind is, what do people say? As soon as my head hits the pillow, I go to sleep. Or as soon as my head hits the pillow, my mind starts racing, racing all the thoughts, all the things I didn't do today, all the things I should or shouldn't do tomorrow, all those thoughts. Now I'm, I'm actively failing at falling asleep mm-hmm. because that's when I go like, okay, I couldn't, I, that didn't work out. What I'm trying to say is instead of seeing Instead of seeing unwelcome thoughts and emotions as the thing that explains your failure, try to see them as the things that precede your success. Mm. Like, I, the, here comes that feeling again. This is that feeling. Think about this. How many times, so like people are very afraid of public speaking. That's a, It's well known, supposedly. That's bigger than the fear of death for most Americans because we're not very smart. <laughs> but if you do enough public speaking... It's not that you you lose the nervousness. You gain the ability to know that the nervousness does not stop me from going up and doing my best. And if I suck this time, I'll be better next time. But like, I don't know. That, that I, I'm, I'm glad we're pursuing this though, because I know it sounds ridiculously subtle, but that's just a dumb way to change how you get to sleep. I mean, think about all the different other ways that we spend so much time trying to, like Monday morning quarterback what we're not capable of rather than trying to say like, hmm, what if I just calm way down and see this as a necessary dark tunnel that I need to walk through? And once I've done it a few times, I realize I I always end up in the sunshine. It's beautiful. That's really good. Very much. Really. And these, (laughs) amidst these challenging times. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.